Greetings, adventure, and welcome back to Return to EverQuest, a podcast where we revisit and discuss the classic game of EverQuest. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the Gnome Crew's first visit ever to Kunark and delving into the Crypt of Dalnir. As always, we want to thank you for subscribing to our show and leaving those amazing ratings. Now, on to the show! So this one's going to be a fun one, everybody. The Gnome Crew finally took the boat to Kunark, and dangerous and mysterious lands await us. Derek led this expedition, so let's see what lore he has for us. After defeating Meldraff, Evaned, Ticklewings, Nerf and Perf, Walk Don't Run the Warrior, Kiefer the Wizard, and Lyric the Bard, head over to the Feronavite docks for some rest and recreation. Upon arrival, they rendezvous with Braun Goshart, a blue-eyed barbarian with gorgeous flowing blonde hair which extended down just beyond the reach of his shoulders. He also sported a golden beard that was tamed by six individual braids dangling side by side from his chin, like prisms on a glorious chandelier. Dudes, welcome to my humble abode. Have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. Right now, I can sense this, like, amazing aura of relief around your whole party. It's so intoxicating. Let me guess. You're at the completion of a long, treacherous journey, and now you're here to visit our resort, hang out, have a great time on the beach, hitting those gnarly waves. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, I thought so. Let's go ahead and get this party started, alright? Your room is located on the docks. Oceanside view, bros. Doesn't get any better than that. I'd let you in right now, but like, the guy who owns the place is out hunting in the Warsaw Woods right now. You guys can go ahead and meet up with him, okay? He's a bard. You can't miss him zipping around out there. The team then heads to the Warsaw Woods where they locate the bard near a tunnel in the hills. Hello, my friends, do not go near, do not go near the crypt of Dalnir. For centuries it's been passed by ear that the cloud resides deep within here. So gather round and watch your ear. Let me tell you about this frontier. It all started with a rich and powerful Ixar necromancer named Haggle Baron Dalnir. Instead of seeking immortality, Dalnir embraces mortality. He created this crypt as a final resting place for himself, where he stored all of his wealth and books of knowledge. After all was set, Dalnir put all of his servants to death, except for one who was tasked with bearing down the air once he died. Centuries later, some Ixar prisoners escaped Cabalus and stumbled upon the crypt, making it their home. Sometime after that, a faction of Sarnaks known as the Cly invaded the tomb and soon began conducting experiments, most notably on froglocks. Their leader, simply known as the Clyde 
holds a Sarnak headguard, which I'm seeking to add to my helmet collection. Helmet collection. The sooner I can get my hand on it, the sooner we can return to the resort. Can you help? The team nods in agreement, believing this task should be simple enough, and asks the ball to explain how to get to the Cly. The first floor is quite a roar Gyrating goos all over the floor Keep going straight and make your first ride Kill the rabbit snivellers if they try to bite Then make a layup to the temple room And soon thereafter you can drop to level 2 Just make sure you're invis or they'll drop you like a fool And if you begin to hesitate just remember that you're with Evener the Great. The second floor is quite a mess, but it's nothing for the best. This is where you meet the Cly. Don't forget to tell them I said hi. If you see old Lumpy Goo, It'd probably be best to turn a you. The robot down near bow sticks and sandals are some of the loot on these vandals. After you've collected all your loot, it's time to go down another chute. I'd like to say what's to come is easy labor, but you have a clerk that's made of paper. Thank God a wizard's on your roster. Cause we all know enchanters are imposters Living on a false altar Waiting for the slaughter They couldn't be softer Wouldn't date my daughter uh. The third floor is war There's a church barbecue room there's also a river, crusader room and statue room, laboratory, dining room and forge room, and finally the overseer room. As you approach the area of the Cly himself, you'll see Froglock Head sitting on the shelf. The Cly is surrounded by many other Cly He holds the head guard that I seek to supply However, there's one thing I should mention before you engage him He's an undercon And he can charm your whole group But if you succeed, I'll be right here Waiting for your return to claim my cherished gear Most of the team peered at each other through the corner of their eyes with a blank expression on their faces, not knowing whether to fake an applause or run for the hills. Ticklewings, however, began to applaud in most ecstatic joy and amazement as he was bewildered by the bard's talents. Yippee hooray! The rest of the team realized that the only thing that stood between them and days of relaxation on the beach was a Sarnak head guard, so they slowly proceeded forward. 
Welcome back to Return to EverQuest, a show where Derek is no longer part of it. <laughs> what in the world? What in the world did I'm I? I'm exhausted. Oh that was my, my life's work masterpiece. Oh my god! I don't even know what to say to that lore story. Um, it was there's so many emotions going through my head at the time of listening to that, and uh, wow, Carlos, what do you know? What do you have to say? No, they ever heard the great, huh? Uh, there was a, a couple of digs there, uh, Anthony. I don't know if you heard. I mean, he called you, or Royal Nerf and Perfect called him an imposter. And then I guess, I guess <laughs> Tickle Wings is a complete dunce, <laughs> but he's also made out of paper. And that wasn't me speaking. That was the bard. Does the How does the bard know? Uh, he, he, you know, first appearances. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so look. Derek, you led this expedition to Dalnir, so can you give the audience an overview of how we got to Kunark and traveled to Dalnir? Yeah, sure. So after killing Meldraff in the Steamfont Mountains, our crew, which consisted of me, Evernerd, the wizard, Nerf and Perf, the enchanter, Tickle Winks, the clerk, or cleric, and Walk Don't Run, the warrior, Kiefer, the wizard, and Lyric, the bard. We all traveled to the Butcher Block Mountains, where we took the translocator at the docks to Firiona Vi. Then we traveled from the Firiona encampment past the Drachnid web spinners to the Lake of Illomen. From here, we used invisibility to travel through West Catalyst to the Wars Licks Woods, and we then made our way past the forest giant fort to the very upper left-hand corner of the zone where the hidden tunnels to Dalnir are located. All right, so what's your first impression of Kunark, and how do you remember from back in the day, Carlos? Uh, before, before that, do you... So now with Planes of Power, how easy is it to travel instead of having to use translocators or even the boat? <clears throat> it goes to show you how much the game has changed, right? Because from it, now in the plane of knowledge, we have what little stone that takes you to. Uh, There's one that takes you to West Fiona. Uh, actually, there, you're right. There, I think there is one that goes to Cabalus, so that'd be even closer. But there is one in Fiona by as well, yeah. and the over there as well, right? Yeah, right. there's a lot. So, uh, I mean, it's crazy. Did, did, did any of you um, still made the trek? Or did you always hit that book to go to POK after the Planes of Power came out? Now, now when we're playing this uh, on Airdune, you know, I use Planes of Power, the books. Right. And I, and before, uh, back in the old days, you know, when we played, we played from the original all the way, you know, through Planes of Power and whatnot. So when Planes of Power came out, we would still take the book. So I wouldn't take the boat. And I think we we also, since we played on a PvP server, we were uh, on Talonzek, and that was the teams-based PvP. So it was light teams versus dark teams. We were dark team characters. So the over there would be your go-to spot from, like, level mm-hmm. 13 of 40 or something like that. So... We would travel from the over there. There was a book there in the over there. And then you adjacent to the over there is the Warslicks Woods, I believe. And then you mm-hmm. would just travel by land to get to down near. And it'd be it and you wouldn't have to worry about PvP because that's all Kunark. A majority of it is a dark race based right. uh, content. Yeah. And um since I never played a PvP, um POK was obviously neutral, right? You just go up there and, and nobody can harm you, right? Yeah, there's no PvP a lot up there. So, was there a lot of trolling going on when you go to POK? A lot of like light versus dark kind of. No, you couldn't fight. You see what I'm saying? Oh, no, 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 no. But you know, people trolling, like people shouting and doing mm-hmm. dumb stuff. No, 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 no. no okay. But you would have a occasionally. You would have 
Uh, if you were a light race and you wanted to PvP and you had some really good gear or you were like eight levels above everyone else, you would go mm -hmm. to the book, to the over there, and you'd start killing people in the over there. You'd start running around. and Yeah, um, wow. I do remember sometimes like people would hang out near the books in the Planet of Knowledge and when they would see somebody go in the book. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Just scouting the books, waiting for somebody to go into one of those zones. Wow. And then you follow, yeah, you follow them in. <laughs> and if you had a faster computer than them, when they load in, uh, you wait for them to move a little bit and you root them away from the book so they can't click it. And then you just kill them there. I think they've eliminated that now. I went onto the Zex server. It seems like when you zone into a zone, you have like a 15 to 20 second invincibility on your character to prevent gotcha. that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's terrible. People just camping out, scouting the uh, the books, waiting for somebody to go in there. Yeah. You know, licking their chops. Wow. Cool. Thanks. But uh, getting back to Kunark, um, when back in the day, I, I really dabbled a bit in Kunark in the early days. Um, I didn't spend much time in that continent. I, I majority I spent it on Antonica, but it was really good for me now going back with you guys to visit all these new zones and explore the different dungeons I haven't experienced in the past. And on this adventure, like, uh, like you mentioned earlier, Derek, we took care of business, uh, against the Starnax, which in my opinion are a sad excuse for any lizard race, uh, when you put them up against like Ixars. And, uh, the thing that really bothered me is like these vermins were doing weird experiments on our friends, the Froglocks, especially now that we are hanging out like one of our, our, our core members of our group that we go into different sessions is a froglog uh, or two now so it was pretty pretty offensive to me to see that and they even had a head being pickled in the dining room i don't know if you guys remember that a little bit disturbing and the tomb seemed to have been carved out of hard rock so it gave me a very egyptian kind of vibe when we were exploring so that was pretty cool yeah uh, my prior Kunar days were pretty much isolated to the over there the warslicks woods field of bone where I hunted at either the mud pit or the skyfire ramp in the over there. Those are the two main spots. And then in the Warslick's Woods, it was down near. And then in the Field of Bone, it was Kern's Tower. That was very popular. So some of these zones that we're doing now were are new to me. However, seeing the Ixar statues laid out throughout the zones definitely brought back those memories of old times. Because in the over there, I remember seeing those big Ixar statues. And remember when we were in Virion of I, they had that big statue on the waterfall, and you see that scattered throughout Kunark. That's really cool. Yeah, I agree. I think it's pretty interesting. So uh, like you, Derek, I spent most of my time again in the over there. I did actually hunting down here a lot when I was younger. Uh, I remember being there in the early 20s all the way to about probably 28 or so. But I only ever stayed at the front of the zone because I had an ogre shadow knight. He was really big. Couldn't really get around well in dungeons but i would literally sit in the front of the zone of down here and hunt so i never really went in and got to explore it so visiting it all these years later was kind of neat to see actually what was down in the crypt down here i've always wondered that so it was really cool to do it i will say with regards to the xr statues everywhere i do feel that this was the second expansion that came out for everquest and i think we see a huge jump in the integration of lore in the zones as they're telling stories and and we see that with the statues the fallen ruins and and i just felt if i'm looking at it from an expansion perspective i feel that it is more immersive almost than the original uh zones because you can kind of see the story everywhere you look behind a tree there's a statue or a rune and you kind of get that fallen empire vibe it was really well done i thought so 
Now that we've talked about Kunark and getting to Dalnir, let's dive a little bit into the zone itself. Derek, can you provide us with an overview of the zone, the mobs, and maybe some notable loot that was inside? Sure. Sure. The first thing you must know is that Dalnir is far from any cities. So if you die as a melee class, you have a long way to walk back. I think the closest cities are Cabalus and the over there. Next, the dungeon consists of the main floor where you zone into and two lower floors that you eventually drop down to. The first floor is kind of dull. There's not much going on. You got to you know, mobs scattered throughout, but nothing special. It does contain a temple where you can jump down to the second floor. That's a unique part of that that floor. The second floor gets a little more interesting with some named mobs, such as Lumpy Goo and the Cly Imprecator. It also contains an area where you jump down to the third and final floor. The third floor is where it gets quite challenging, and which is where we ran into some issues, as it contains a variety of named mobs, the most powerful being the Cly Overseer, which is, I believe, a placeholder for the Cly himself. This zone actually has quite a bit of loot, which we got it for our characters or to sell, but some of the most notable are the Fighting Baton, the Bamboo Bow Stick, the Robe of Dalnir, the Sarnak Headguard, and the Sarnak Ceremonial Sword. I remember that the Sarnak Headguard and Ceremonial Sword used to be very popular on the PvP servers because they each added plus 10 save magic. Also, the Fighting Baton and Bow Stick, which are each, uh, I believe, 8 damage and 20 delay, used to be very popular with the monks. So, like again, on the PvP servers, the gear that you're looking for is plus a save to something. And usually it's plus save to magic. I think you you focus more on magic, fire, and ice, or cold, versus uh, poison. There wouldn't be much people. Maybe a, a shaman a shaman or a necromancer would use poison against you. So you got to know who you're fighting against. But usually the, the magic was the most prominent item that you would focus on or gear that you try to get. Do you remember that, Anthony? Yeah, I remember being, you know, focused on the save gear for magic and whatnot and for for like magic for example as a shadow knight like you don't want to get rooted because if you get rooted spellcaster is going to destroy you so that's kind of why in pvp we always focused on the save versus magic specifically because that can get you stunned mesmerized rooted and whatnot so it was odd coming to like a pve server to see the difference in gear because uh growing up on those older servers like the gear that we thought was really good and we had it was like garbage on a PVE server and the builds are completely different. So it's kind of interesting to see how the two different server types have a different focus on what type of gear you wear. And now, if you remember on our current server, the Aerodune server, when we look for gear, we look for, since we're intelligence casters, we prioritize intelligence over anything else. So I want gear when I'm filtering it is what gives me the most intelligence. Now on that server... If I was a wizard, I wouldn't be serving. I would be looking for intelligence gear, but the most SV magic. That's what I would be looking for. And if there wasn't something with intelligence, I, I would still prioritize the SV magic. Yep, 100%. Totally agree. And, you know, this zone in particular, I think it was super easy to conquer. With the exception of the last room, talking about save versus magic, but this didn't really help us at all, where the Cly Overseer was. I mean, talk about tough. What did you all think about that final fight, and did anything funny happen that you want to kind of highlight? I mean, <laughs> like, the, the Overseer himself, I mean, like, like like they say, you know, if you first don't succeed, try and try again. Like, how many times did we fight that boss? I think, was it five times? Something like that. It was a lot. We spent, I don't know, maybe an hour or more. <laughs> Just continually doing that one room, yeah. Yeah, so there's so many, there, with our group that we currently have, we have 
so many different tactics to choose from. We could try the enchanter tactics or wizard, or we could utilize a clerk in some situations, but we, that's what we did here in this situation. We tried so many different things. One guy tried yeah. to pull and you remember the, yeah. the different things we did. Yeah. It was, no, no, you can, you can talk it. You can, you can talk about it if you like. Um, it, it's pretty cool. Cause we, we would fail. And then we kind of, Every single, every other instance that we 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 went over again and again, we kind of started figuring out how to counter what he was doing. The, like one of the main things was obviously his proc. Because we I, we thought I thought it was a spell, the charm. I thought it was a, a, a charm spell, but I think in the end we figured out it was a proc whenever whenever he was attacking. And um, every time he attacks somebody, boop, then you get charm, and then he will turn and start attacking somebody else, and then you know, just get the the ball rolling, and everybody was to end up being charmed. So, but in the end, I'm I'm happy to report that um, this was the very first time that uh, Tickle Winks uh, didn't die in one of our sessions. So uh, that was very exciting. <laughs> the, yeah. you know, for, I can't believe that. Yeah, most of the times because when things get out of hand, if if we get a train on us or. Or, or the pulling gets overwhelming. The cleric obviously will start healing like nuts, like trying to get to keep the tank up. And what's going to happen? Obviously, you're going to get all the aggro, and you know by that time, all those people will just come and just whack you over the head and, and kill you in a couple of seconds. So most of the most of the, the times that we actually got run over was Tickle Wings was one of the victims. But in this case, it was actually the the other way around. Uh, since the overseer. Uh, like we talked about, they had the charm proc, uh, and he would charm almost the entire group. He would then teleport us anywhere in the zone. I don't know if you guys remember that. And would take us as pets along with the ride. You're like, what the heck? You're just looking at this guy. You're just chasing, trying to kill other people and, and whatnot. And that charm spell had a max duration of, uh, I believe it was 10 minutes, if I remember correctly. So he would just meander back to his spot and keep you there for, for the remainder of that charm. Um, I think some of you had an issue of instant death once the charm was done. Do you remember that? Yeah. I think what, what how this caught us off guard is online when I did the research, it said the the Cly, it was a wizard and he did oh, direct the damage. Yeah. So then when we go there, one of us gets charmed and then another one gets charmed and then another one gets charmed. And then what, what he does is he, he either makes you attack the other charmed guy. And, and right. So we had walk, don't run our warrior, which is uh, really powerful. So he would kill us off. And then um, or or in some of the other occasions, they the Clyde would just have us like suicide. You would just die. Um, it wasn't when it wore off. It's just you would just die. So it was very odd. Now, in your situation, he had charmed you for like the full duration, right? Like 10 or yeah. 11 minutes. And yeah. you didn't you didn't die. You were able to just it wore off and you escaped. So it's so odd. And when we researched it online, it, it seems like this NPC could just do an infinite number of charms. And that was the issue that our group was having. It was we had to eventually our tactic was direct damage him as fast as possible before he charmed everybody. And that's how we killed him in the end, correct? Yeah. We realized his we we since we thought it was a spell that kept charming us, we were just trying to like attack him, but we realized we had to like root him in place and like move away from him so he couldn't melee us. Because the proc was based on if he hit you. So we would so eventually we got to the point where we're like running around the room. We're trying to root him, stun him, keep him like away from us so he's not charming. And then we just uh Kiefer brought in his high level, uh, you know, he was high level wizard. So he brought in a lot of extra damage and, and was able to help us kill him. But yeah, it was uh, pretty interesting. And I, 
And I think, um, you know, the, uh, with the with the charming thing, do you you were you able to get out, Carlos, the, the portal? There's a portal in his room for everybody listening. So yeah. you go down to the dungeon, right, the last room, and where the Cly Overseer is in his spot, like right behind him, there's a little portal. And when you go in there, it takes you to the very beginning of the zone. So is that how you escaped? Yeah. Yeah, I was very lucky that I never got the the suicide or the kill the, the kill function. What happens when you charm? I uh, but he actually kept me for the whole duration. So uh, at, at multiple times, I'm and I'm just sitting there waiting, just looking at that that ticker go down. You know, oh, they tell you guys, oh, five minutes left. <laughs> Hopefully, he doesn't kill me. <laughs> I remember. So I'll say kind of here a funny story that I have to to chime in on. But so when we first got to down near, actually, when we're going through the Warslick Woods, there's these two ogres that were like hunting and i passed them i said hey you know do you guys want to join us in down here and they they're like no we're too low level and i'm like okay no big deal you you know do you listen to return to everquest <laughs> i gotta plug it in oh, but anyway yeah. uh, they, they uh they didn't know what i was talking about so anyway we go to down here and then these two ogres like follow us in there later on but they're low and they're like gonna hunt at the beginning of the zone so i'm like okay no big deal good luck so and again like my old character the ogres really can't move deep into the dungeon because it's so small so we're hunting and it's like about an hour, right? So we're there for an hour in the zone going all the way down to the bottom floor. And finally, we get to the Cly Overseer. And that's when all this craziness starts happening where he's charming us and we're dying and teleporting. Now, we didn't know he teleports at this time. But uh, I had been getting killed multiple times because I was like the, the little guinea pig that everybody in the group would say, hey, Nerf and Perf, go up to the front. Yeah, okay. Try to like charm him <laughs> or, or pacify him. And if I critical fail, I would get swarmed and die and it would let me just be eaten alive right so i kept doing it so finally yeah finally finally i get in there right i we clear out all the other mobs it's just a cly overseer we go in and i get charmed again boom i'm charmed uh and then it it's about to break uh, i didn't get insta killed it broke and i'm like it's time to escape everybody's dying left and right walker runs dying everner's dying you know nerf has got to get the hell out right so he does so i jump into the portal boom and i'm like yeah i got out Woo! and all of a sudden the cly overseer he teleports all the way from the zone bottom up to the front. Now, the the sad part is there's these two ogres there that are fighting these little noob mobs, right? And the ogre's like, what the hell's going on? This little gnome popped up out of nowhere. And then this Sarnak pops out. The Sarnak kills me. I'm dead. But I can still see, like, what's going on around me. And he he charms the other two ogres. And they have no, remember, they have no idea what's going on. They Charmed just see one. Like, yeah. They awesome. kill the other, they kill like his buddy. So the one ogre is just one shot killed, boom. And his buddy's charmed. His buddy has his bl- <laughs> his friend's blood all over his hands, like, oh my god. And then the Sarnak Cloud's here, he teleports it yeah. back into his room, but he takes that ogre with him. So there's yeah. this ogre <laughs> newbie guy who's stuck at the very bottom of down near now. And he's just sitting in the room like a robot. And our brother-in-law was playing a board at the time. He also got charmed. He got teleported there. So he's, he's sitting here watching this poor ogre. And the ogre doesn't know what the heck's going on. Then it char- he just instant suicides him. Boom, dead. No, and no, I, he didn't instant suicide him. No. What, what, hap- what no, did he what, do? What happened was the charm wore off. And he was down <laughs> there on his own. He actually was yeah. controlling the guy. And then he sent, yeah, the 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 Salark sent us to kill the the whole room, just kill the poor ogre all the way oh, down to the, the awesome. pit. So he was like, what was happening at the end? But yeah, he got destroyed down there, the poor ogre. Yeah, you know. But I think about that, I'm like, holy crap! If that was back in the original days of EverQuest, like, how would that guy get his corpse back? It would just be right. stuck. He'd be like, he'd be like, 
you know, 15 levels below all the mobs there. And his course would be stuck in the very last room in the dungeon <laughs> where the boss is. Like, man, that was crazy. But and then they, they, they logged off and they said they hate Return to EverQuest. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but anyway, it was a good time. Yeah, I remember they, we were looking for them and they just, they didn't say anything. They just logged off for the night, you know. I would logged off forever. Never just deleted EverQuest and never came if, back again. If those ogres uh, are listening to this, uh, we we would love to hear from you. Uh, we we definitely want to hear your side of the story as to how <laughs> awful it would have been to <laughs> just get teleported back to the bottom of the dungeon uh, and and kill your other friend. I definitely want to hear from you guys if you do listen. I agree. Just imagine being them. You're level fifteen, and I don't know what, what level we were at the time, like. 30 or something so we go you know you're there at the beginning hunting the the newbie level mobs up in the beginning and then something like that happens to you you don't even know what the cly is Uh, you don't even know that there's three levels in the zone and and you just get teleported to the bottom level and you're you're like you can't move your character you're standing there in the presence of 10 other overlord sarnax and it's like what's going on right now (laughs) Can you imagine being back in in the early 2000s and this happens? Is there, because you don't know where you were teleported if you've never been on that zone. Like if you just started from the beginning, right? You you have no idea. Yeah, no idea. How to get your corpse. So what do you do then? Do you have to... Slash GM or do you just beg? No, you get a necromancer and you do the little coffin. Oh, that's right. That's right. The coffin. That's right. But I think the right. necromancer has to be high level too, right? I think we, we got that spell yeah. like forty gotta, plus. Yeah, you got to find a high level necromancer to come get your thing before your corpse rots. Because your corpse, if you don't, you know, I think we had what a day, two days, maybe. I forget the timer, but if you didn't get your corpse in time, you would, it would all your gear, everything gone, boom. Oh. I yeah. think it was seven days. Maybe it didn't start off that that big, but eventually got to seven days. Now, if you're talking pre plane of powers time. Yes. And the only way to get there was, oh my goodness. So before the East Commons used to be the place where everyone hung out, right? Uh, so now you go to Plane of Knowledge if you need something. But before it was the East Commons. And that's right outside North Freeport, right? Uh, where where well, we went to the... The Fallen. Yeah. The Fallen, yeah. yeah. So that's where you would have to go. Now, let's say you, you go there to get a Necromancer to help you out, right? Then Now the Necromancer has to go to the oasis of mar oh that's right land and they have to wait for the boat before the translocators were there they got to take a 30 minute boat ride over to um the over there and then get it and then wait for the boat to go again to over there and then you walk to the wars licks woods and then he has to go down into uh well i guess he could just summon it from from there once he zones in that's a wow. big thing for a guy to do when yeah. you know and you're a little lobby. Yeah, do you have that plat back in those times? Probably no. not. So how, you, how in the world would you do that? I mean, that has to be um, a nightmare. Derek, there, there's still people, you know, good people in the world. Some people actually like uh, helping others <laughs> in need. <laughs> I mean, this is from my experience in a PVE. I don't even want to consider what would happen if the if if something like this occurs in a PVP. Because uh, then you also have to worry about evil and 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 good races as well, right? Yeah, so, yeah, oh. yeah. So you would have you'd be. That's the thing about the PvP or server with the teams. You'd have you're now regulated to the amount of necromancers you can even talk. To, yeah, right? like a fourth of the population. And it's interesting because now you have the general chat. So for those of you who haven't played in a while, 
there's like a global general chat that channel that you can go into. So you can be like, hey, I need a necromancer. And everybody in the server who's in the general chat can see the message. But back then, you could only shout or OOC to the zone you're in. So you'd have to like walk zone to zone and try to find somebody to get help. It's interesting how like minor changes really affect (laughs) the difficulty of the game, like a global general chat channel versus none. You know, I mean, man, what a difference. Well, just imagine you're you're bound in Dalmir, and I need to go find a high level necromancer. Now you have to walk with naked. no gear, no armor, yeah. naked, all the way to another continent to just try to find somebody, and then come all the way back. What a, it's just a nightmare. Uh, by that time, you just reroll. Honestly, yeah, just yeah, that's true. Character. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! I just think I just think how fortunate I was because as an ogre shadow knight. I, who's always hunting at the front of down near i never had that happen so mm-hmm. that must have been a freak accident i don't know what happened that was just bad timing for those guys but their I blood is on your hands yeah anthony because you right is, now cly was looking for you and you just oh, no. to go all no. the way to the front Look, you landed a killing blow on him your mace is covered in blood Oh, my, ball, you cracked it in. Listen, no, I, I'm, I like, like the song we just heard from, from the weird bard. I'm made out of paper, so I'm not doing any damage. <laughs> so I'm all good. Well, you know, the client pays his clerics because he kept you around. Nobody else. I, yeah, that's just, that's the weirdest thing. Everybody else insta die when, yeah. when, when they were charmed, and for some reason, he just kept me for the whole ten minutes. Yeah, every time you guys had to wait for me, and I would look at the countdown five. You know, like all anxious, like the anxiety is right, you know, just building up, waiting for that to, to you know, the, the charm to break. And then you have to dash behind them to, to get to the to the zone line. It's just insane. I'm hoping that you don't get stunned. I think I know what it is. What okay. is it? Nerf and Perf is agnostic. I don't know what the other characters, religions are. But the Sarnak Overlord guy, the seer, right? He had the church. So he respects, he respects, he knows he is not going to mess with the gods. So Clark, you know, that's like the gods, you know, messenger on on Nora. Right. So he then, he lets you go, you know, <laughs> an agnostic gnome. He's just going to, you know, instant death. I don't need this guy. She's Trump, you know, yeah. but the clerk, you're like, ah, uh, you know, I don't know. Because it could be a clerk of Kazakh Tool. Could be a clerk of Quilios. You never know. Well, who does your cleric, your cleric follows who? Because mine's agnostic as well. But uh, I'm gonna have to check. I thought it was Brel, but I I, I want to check. I mean, it has to be, has to be, right? Now you're gonna make would, me check. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think you have many choices. Yeah, since I'm a I'm a gnome. I'd that or I, I would assume you get the choice of agnostic as well. I don't, I don't know. No, I don't no, think, I think it's just Brel. No, you can't be agnostic. How do you how do you get your power? It's supposed huh. to be, you know, from the power of self love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, hey, everybody, look, we want to thank you all for joining us here today and listening to our, our Down Near show and, and that lore segment. So kudos on you for making it to the end of the show. Uh, we are really appreciate if we've earned your five star rating or review today. And if you need to get a hold of us for any reason, hit us up on Twitter. We are at return to EQ. That's at return, the number two EQ. So join us in two weeks as we discuss our expeditions to split Paul Lair and Crystal Caverns in Vilios. It'll be our first time there. So we'll see you then. Take care. Have a good one.